welcome back to the Turning 30 podcast, a place where we talk about what it's really like to turn 30. I'm your host, life coach Emma Wilson, and I'm here to help you feel better, get unstuck and be more confident at 30. I'm really excited to welcome back onto the podcast, my friend and past client, Karina Marriott, known also as the Style Idealist, who is joining me today to talk about turning 30 and what to do if you hate your job. Before we get started, let me reintroduce Karina. Karina is a 32-year-old UK-based mid-sized fashion and lifestyle blogger, writing about self-discovery in your 30s, including self-confidence, career changes, and body neutrality. She's the first guest to make a second appearance on the podcast, and for good reason. Karina and I have such a shared interest and passion for speaking out about careers and mental health, and we decided together that it was time to join forces again to talk in more detail about what to do if you hate your job. Hi Karina, welcome back to the podcast. Oh, I'm so excited to be here, I've missed you. I've missed you as well. And for all the listeners who maybe this is your first time listening to the Turning 30 podcast and it's the first time you've come across my podcast or Karina, this is our second time recording together. So Karina, you're my first guest to ever come back to the podcast. (laughs) And I think that it's very fitting because you'll hear in our first podcast episode, if you ever go back and listen to it, or you've already listened to it, that Karina and I hadn't love story a few years ago and we've basically become I would say to define our relationship we're each other's biggest cheerleaders yeah right a hundred percent hundred percent so if you follow Karina you probably would have come across me and vice versa and our first podcast recording the topic was turning 30 and starting a side hustle which is actually what Karina first came to me for as a client talking about her side hustle that she's built up and is so successful now and during that podcast episode we really got onto the topic of being in a toxic work environment and not liking your job and knowing what to do when you don't like your job and it's something that we it's our mutual passion basically yeah. and we speak about it a lot and we get very wild up yeah we, we rant I'm a lot and so <laughs> passionate about it whenever I hear a story I'm just like oh and I get riled up all over again like I'll never stop talking about it ever yeah (laughs) yeah me too me too and I think it comes from both of our personal experiences and it's something that I think especially in 2020 and now going you know into this year that so many people and I know a lot of my clients struggle with what to do when you don't like your job. So I invited Karina to come back and to really carry on our original conversation and just elaborate and also support people and give some practical tips on what to do when you don't like your job. So I guess my first question, Karina, is why is this such an important topic to you? Oh, honestly, I feel like I could talk about this for hours. I went through quite a string of bad slash toxic workplaces and it can feel in the moment really isolating. I felt a lot of kind of shame and embarrassment that I was kind of like job hopping or, you know, why wasn't I kind of settling in? Is it me? I'm just really unhappy. And I remember saying, I think this in the first podcast, that like, I think I just gave up and was just like, well, no one really likes their job, do they? It's just kind of a, a paycheck. But as soon as I kind of let it all out and started sharing my story, the responses I had from it just, it was really sad, but also comforting to know that, okay, I'm not alone. And this is really common, so, so common. People really unhappy in their jobs and not knowing what to do. Well, I didn't know what to do. And I wish I had this podcast. <laughs> that time yeah and I think that what you just touched upon about the lonely thing that is something that is just so true and I really resonate with it as well Mm. because when you're in that space and we're we're both going to give examples and and talk about our own experiences of when we didn't like our jobs and what we did but when you're in that place you genuinely feel so alone and like no one else understands and if like us if anyone listening had the same thing where it was like a pattern like a a chain of of jobs that you didn't like or that you couldn't find the good fit you do turn turn it around and look at you and think there's something wrong with me I remember that yeah my fourth or fifth job that wasn't a good fit thinking it must be me yeah and it's that's a lonely place 
Yeah. And that mentality is is damaging. And I think for me, the big reason, my passion of talking about this and sharing about it is because your career and your job can affect your mental health and affect yeah. all the other areas of your life so much. And I think that not enough people are, are sharing about it. You know, it's the shame, it's the guilt, it's the loneliness. That's why it's so important that people know and understand that it's okay to not like your job. Yeah, 100%. That kind of, you spend eight hours a day, you know, maybe more every day, five days a week. Ugh, the, the balance of it is just, it's not good for your mental health. It's really not good. I know. And did you ever get to that point that I got to where I was like, okay, I don't like my job, but I just try and create like a really like great life around it. That's what yeah. I used to say to myself. I'd be like, it's okay. If, if I don't like it, it doesn't matter. But just outside of work, I'll just like make sure I socialize more or I'll kind of get a hobby or a side hustle, which is obviously one really good practical step. Yeah. But there was something about the fact that of settling or just accepting and saying, okay, I just, I'm kind of doomed for this for eternity yeah I was just like oh this is just how it's gonna be you know and that's in my very first job that I was there for six years and it was in only in the last I'd say like two or three that they got really really bad it was workplace bullying I was in a team of four women and one of the women there just like just made my life hell she really just made my life hell and I tried to do all the things that you know I tried to speak to someone I tried to speak to my manager I tried to speak to HR and just nothing happened nothing happened at first I was told oh but you know you are a bit sensitive wow I was told yeah you're too sensitive and just kind of you're here to work so I don't need you to be best friends so just get on with it basically and at that point I was just like well this is it no one's helping me you have to help yourself Karina so like what are we going to do to get through? And I think it was that point where I started with my blog and I just started to write. It was just like my outlet at the time. It was just like, I just need something for me, completely for me, something where I'm not being spoken over. I'm not being told what to do. I'm not being spoken to rudely. I just like, it's all me and no one else is a part of it. And just kind of like in that bubble, I guess. I think the point for me when knowing that okay, you have to leave is just, it was my mental health. Like, I think we take for granted how, you know, when you're just on autopilot and you're just going to work and you're just counting down the hours, you're clock watching, you know, you're doing everything, you know, you're getting out at lunch and you're taking the full hour, you know, the full hour, as long as you can. It was my mental health that really took a dive where I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't eating properly um I was just crying all the time I was turning up to work and I was like having a little cry in the toilets and then I go to work and then I come out and then I have a cry and it was like on the weekends it would be a Friday we'd clock off early and I just remember always feeling like really deflated just really kind of like oh my god that's like a week done of like pretending to be okay like pretending yeah. to be like you know the pretending yeah the it pretending like, wearing, like putting on yeah wearing a mask putting on a kind of personality where it's like I'm fine I'm just getting on with it putting on that mask and yeah feeling de- deflated on a Friday but by Saturday not even Sunday blues by Saturday I was like an anxious mess like I was shaking I was like oh, I don't want to go back. It's Monday soon. And like, I was like, I haven't even finished my weekend yet. It's not even Sunday. What's going on? And it's so literally, it was consuming me like the whole seven days a week. And I was like, no, this, this isn't right. This, it shouldn't be like this. Let's just talk for a second about crying in the toilet. Okay. (laughs) How many listeners are nodding along? Like I cry in the toilet and I have a funny story to tell you. So when I was in working as a trainee in, in the law firm, I was quite lucky because you get put in different departments every six months and my luck ran out after the after one year I was put with an awful awful partner who was very scary and we had to share an office and I spent most of that time crying in the toilet on the phone to my mum or just crying in the toilet not on the phone to anybody and I used to really honestly go to the toilet like a few times a day and have a little sob 
and I was mortified because one of the secretaries who worked in like the central area, like kind of the open plan part of the office, it was her last day or she was going on maternity leave. I can't remember exactly. And they threw her like a goodbye for her. And this was like four months after I'd been in this department crying in the toilet. And then it basically comes out, they started making a joke that she used to time how long people went to the toilet oh for. My and And they were like, oh, you know, you've got your list of how long people go to the toilet for and how many times a day. And I'm just like that bright red thinking oh my god this woman knows (laughs) I spend so much time in the toilet like probably has heard me crying and I was like that for me was when I just there's no escape no (laughs) there was no escape and I remember my mum once said to me I'm really worried that they might have cameras in the toilet (laughs) and people will know and I was like well if they do I hope they know that I'm not happy yeah so it is a thing so for anyone who's like crying in the toilet you know just know that there is probably many other people also doing the same thing exactly at the same time yeah oh yeah I so (laughs) many times so much time spent in the toilet I'm glad I'm not alone in that (laughs) yeah definitely not alone and also I think as well it's that something you just said I also picked up on when your manager or HR said oh you're not here to be friends yeah you're here to work yeah but that environment is a really tough one because let's just talk about lunch times right like or even like work events yeah which I know obviously have moved to zoom now which is lucky for for some people but those feelings of not knowing who to eat lunch with or or escaping I used to run out I used to run out of the law firm and go and hide in in Pratt because I didn't have anyone to eat lunch with a lot of the time and I felt so uncomfortable and I used to eat lunch in my car in one job (laughs) I literally I had no one I remember that story I had no one to lunch with and as soon as it was lunchtime I'd go sit in my car I'd put the radio on or I'd put a podcast on and I'd just eat my lunch and you know what like it was great but there was a point where I was like, this is so sad. <laughs> this is really sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's, it's very triggering because it's like reminds us of that kind of the teenager being at high school, yeah. not having people to eat lunch with. Yeah. That's what it did for me. And it used to be really shameful. Yeah. I, would, I would run away and I would also try and find a place near the law firm where I wouldn't see people that I knew yeah because it was such there was lots of employees there so they would all kind of pack out all the nearby cafes and restaurants and I would get so nervous to be seen by myself and not socializing but the other option would be like we said to be there being fake and you know when you don't like your job or you know even the days are so it's confronting you need those pockets of time you need that hour in your car you need that 30 minute break just to like recalibrate yeah because it's so draining yeah it's so draining you just need that like utter peace like you don't you know I didn't want to have to pretend to be anyone anyone else I didn't want to have to force conversation with anyone I didn't want to I was really mindful of like telling people how I felt because it then gets into kind of office politics of who's friends with who and the gossiping and the I just kind of wanted to remove myself from it completely yeah I know and I think that it's just a time where you have to be so kind to yourself yeah and exactly like you did you formed a community from it it became a blog it became other people reaching out to you and sharing experiences and I think when we were putting together the plan for this podcast and thinking what the episode was going to be and how it was going to run you mentioned it first and I completely agree that it was just letting people know that it's okay yeah if you feel like this you're not alone and having community and having support and reaching out to friends and family or even even to us on Instagram, yeah. whatever it is, just make sure that you can say the words out loud. Yeah. And I, and I actually, I, I had a client recently who came to me and she really, her, her aim, her goal was to leave her job. And it actually took about three or four weeks of working together for her to even admit and say yeah. out loud I don't like my job. Yeah. Even that was really hard because sometimes it's not as dramatic as these stories that we're talking about now. You know, we've obviously had quite negative experiences. We've had, you've had workplace bullying. I've had toxic environments, you know, bad management, lots of different things. But sometimes it's not even as big as that. It's just, you just don't like your job. You know, you just don't like the tasks that you're doing. You don't love the environment. You don't like the industry, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And it took her a really long time just to admit to herself, not even to anyone else, that she wasn't happy. Yeah. And I think that's also something else is, you know, 
can you get to the point where you can say the words out loud? Yeah. I don't like my job and that's okay. It's not the end of the world. I think when you've been somewhere for so long, like you are in a sort of comfort zone in that respect, like, you know, you're almost like, feel like you have to be grateful that I'm in a job. Lots of people don't have that same situation. I'm still in a job. I'm safe. I'm on an okay wage. I can't just leave at the moment due to whatever situation, especially in COVID times. You feel like you have to be grateful and just stick it out. But I think I've learned over the past, I'd say two years, but last year particularly, that you have to back yourself. You have to say like, no, I want more, like I'm not happy or I'm not enjoying it and I deserve to enjoy it. Like I deserve to enjoy my job. I deserve that. I spend a lot of time here and I don't want to settle. I think just saying that and just kind of the confidence and like esteem boosting for me, like was the point where I just said that to myself, like I want more. I don't want to just spend my years being like this and being unhappy. It was then that I was just like, yeah, like fight for yourself, Karina. Like, let's find something else. Like, let's let's go. What can you do? What do you love? And just kind of like that fire up my ass again. Wow. That made such a huge difference. I love that you just said that because it's so true. And how often do we hear that mentality of, but you're lucky to have Yeah. I'd say that's what I hear the most yeah. from people who come to me and don't like their we job. We get told, you get told stay. that in the workplace as well, that you should be grateful. You know, I've been in places where, you know, I haven't had a pay rise for years will go by. And obviously you see certain men come into the equation, into the office, um, into a job, and all of a sudden they've had three pay rises, they've got shares, um, they've got all these things. Oh, but you're lucky because, you know, you're still in this role, you still have that job. And just, I don't know, I just, keeping people small, I just hate yeah. it, absolutely hate yeah. it. And I think the moment that I was just like, no, I deserve better than this, and I know that I can do better than this was when yeah my side hustle kind of started and I was just like I'm not going to stop until I'm doing what I love because I've had enough of feeling rubbish about myself about you know having low self-esteem having kind of low confidence and just taking that time to really like invest in myself just kind of giving a middle finger up to (laughs) everyone exactly and I think it is so linked to self-worth just like what you were saying it is because if you can just stand up and say okay yes I'm not denying the gratitude for having a job and having security and having benefits and all the things that come with being um a salaried employee but just saying but I am worth yeah exactly like you said I deserve more I accept that I won't stop until I find the thing And I think that's the second piece. So we can still be grateful and also ask for more. And people don't think they come together and they absolutely do. And that's our first, that's Karina and first practical tip for what to do when you don't like your job is to be grateful, but want more. And this piece, I think really links to the turning 30 piece, because right now, just if you've just listening to this and you don't know, Karina works for herself. I work for myself. Obviously that's our journeys and everyone has their own journey. Not everybody does want to go and run their own business. And that's uh, just one option for, for what to do. But we both only discovered this and we both actually only got to a point of liking our jobs when we were in our 30s. This wasn't something that happened in our mid-20s. I know that you did start your blog quite a few years ago as a side hustle, but we both really did put up with a lot of shit and a yeah. lot of bad jobs, all of our 20s into our 30s. And I think that I'm, I'm saying that this is part of the puzzle here because people think that if you are in your 30s or you've got to this point and you are employed but you don't like your job like well it's kind of too yeah. late you know I'm not going to find something new and I hear that a lot it's too late to start something new what am I going to do retrain and be in my mid-30s and be in my late 30s and the answer is yes you can because you're worth yeah. that and you deserve that and you can do it and I know I, I probably already know the answer to this but I'll ask you anyway was turning 30 a factor in you running your blog or starting up your business like was that a piece of yeah it's hard because the year that I turned 30 was the year that I had left this 
first job um, that I was being bullied in. And I went on to another job, which was in kind of PR and social media. It was basically on paper, (laughs) my dream job, everything they wanted that is what I'd love to do. It was just perfect. It was everything I wanted. Um, And I was so excited to leave my current job. And when I went, when I got there, it was nothing like they had sold to me, I guess, like nothing like the job description. I I remember turning up and I didn't even have a computer. It's like they didn't even know I was coming. They didn't even have a computer. I had to um, go back home and get my laptop and then bring it back. Really just weird, strange things. Like they didn't even have Microsoft Word, like they didn't want to pay for it. Just all these really weird things that like, it was just like, "Mm, okay, this is a red flag, but I've just got here. Like I've just got here, Karina. So like, give it, give it some time. It's it's a small business. So like, give it some time. And yeah, within a week, two weeks, it just progressively got worse and worse. I just had the worst manager. He was, he was rude. He was sexist. He really liked to kind of embarrass you. You know, if you made one little mistake, he'd kind of pinpoint it out and then shout it out in front of the whole like office room. It was just, oh, it was terrible. And I just remember having such anxiety, like going to work every day. And I was like, how am I here again? Like, no, literally driving up and like, I couldn't even get out of my car. Like I would be a mess, an absolute mess. But it got to four months and I kind of woke up one day and was like, right, I'm calling in sick. And over the weekend, I just said like, no, I'm quitting. And I just remember saying to my husband, Pete, like, I'm quitting. I can't do this anymore. And he was just like, I really don't blame you. Like, you're like, you know, I love you, but like, you're not in a good way. Like, I I hate seeing you like this. And went to work the following week and I just handed in my notice straight away. And he let me go like pretty much straight away. Um, He made it very awkward for me, but uh, he let me go straight away. And I just remember coming out of the office and literally it was like, someone had been sitting on my chest for like four months and I mean like heavily sit like I couldn't breathe properly and it's like it just lifted straight away but I remember being that was the year I turned 30 and just remembering like oh shit I'm unemployed I've got no job like what you're meant to be like (laughs) like in you know in your dream job or like you know climbing up the ladder like you're meant to be have you're meant to have reached these kind of milestones by now like not unemployed and I just had this like real existential crisis like what am I doing what am I doing with my life I have no job where am I going I'm really glad that you brought up a topic that I also feel very strongly about is what do you do when you start a new job and immediately know that you don't like it and you can't stay and that it's not good and then add to that exactly like you said that but I'm in my 30s and this was supposed to be the dream job. I've already ticked the box, you know, because you have that euphoria and you probably had it when you get the job and you tell everyone, you're like, I finally got the job. It's here, it's arrived. Like all of the hard work's paid off. And then it's like, oh, that feeling. And you probably, like you said, you knew when you walked in, right? You just knew straight away. Yeah, I I ignored all of the red flags and there were many because, you know, I wanted to make it work. Like it had to work. I've just left a job, like, but also you can't job hop. Well, that's what I thought anyway, like, you have to stick it out. You can't just leave again. You've just left somewhere. Like, how's that going to look? And really overthinking it. And that's what society says, is that you can't job hop because then no one's ever going to look at your CV again. And you're never, yeah. your recruitment will never, will never contact you if you have too many jobs. But that story really sits with me because I had a really similar story and I also made it to the four month mark so maybe there's something in four months right maybe that's maybe yeah. four months is the amount yeah. of time that you can but you just cannot do it anymore. You can, that's the <laughs> amount of time you can just put up with the bullshit yeah um so I had something similar where I went into a job and it wasn't necessarily dream job forever I knew that when I took it but it was a really good job and it was going to be travel to London or the States once a month and I remember just being so excited I had 10 interviews to get the job it was a big position and I went through 10 rounds stages of 
scrutiny and awfulness and the whole time I was like but it's fine because it's just an amazing company and I have all these benefits and I'm going to fly all over the world and it's going to be wonderful and then I started and it was like oh dear this is not for me the team wasn't for me and I had this awful manager who was actually the same age as me so I got this job when I was 31 so again that same thing I'm in my 30s now I have my stuff together I'm going to finally find a job that is going to work out and earn some money and all this stuff. And this manager who was the same age as me, who was a director above me, was just a workaholic. And she had terrible management skills, really bad leadership, lots of red flags, as we say. And was very toxic and would expect me to be available to work at one in the morning. She would send emails all through the night. And I realized almost straight away from traveling also with her and we had scenarios where I would have to run a team meeting and she would go, Emma, you go ahead, you run the team. And then I would start speaking and she would be like, you're doing it wrong in front of like a whole team of people. You know, and they they would just like call you out. And I would be like, okay. Yeah, I really relate to that. Yeah, and I think I made it. And I I got depressed because it was also lots of traveling and jet lag and just exhaustion from having to always be available and not enjoying it. And I was doing my side hustle of coaching at the same time. And... I just broke down and I remember going to the doctor, <laughs> going to my GP and yeah. like, I need a sick note because I'm supposed to get on another plane next week and I can't do it. And the doctor was like, I'm actually not giving you the sick note because you're asking, I'm giving it to you because look at you, there is no way that you can travel, like you are not in a fit state to, to work yeah. and sign me off for a week. And I knew that was the nail in the coffin for the job. I knew that as soon yeah. as I didn't go on this really big trip to do a conference that they'd been planning for however long, that they wouldn't respect me anymore. And I just got to the point where I said, I just don't care. I really don't care. And it was actually yeah. the week of my 32nd birthday where I just, and I always make big decisions on my birthday. This is a pattern, right? Yeah. 33 on my birthday, uh, <laughs> lost my last job and broke up with my ex. And then 32, I would leave this job. So God knows what's going to happen at 34. I'm kind of praying that we're out, out of that out of that pattern now. Um, but I just said no. And I think it was linked to age because it went from, I'm 31 and I should have my dream job by now to I'm 32 yeah. and I'm not putting up with this anymore. I'm worth more than this. Yeah. So that's yeah. a really good way to reframe it with the age thing is to stop saying, oh, I'm, you know, I can't leave because I'm too old and to say, no, actually I can leave because I'm this age, because I've learned my yeah. lessons and because I genuinely want more right now and I deserve more. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe this is just me or I think for a lot of us, like you feel conditioned to be so like lucky and grateful that, you know, you've got the job that you kind of forget, is it a good fit for yourself? And you kind of don't like you get interviewed, but you don't really interview them in depth as much as they interview you. I remember the third and final toxic job that I was in the, yeah, it was another one again where the job description was completely different to what it was like actually working there but I remember the interviewing process was so incredibly intense it was like so many different rounds and they expected so much kind of additional work and I just remember like having an interview with like a board of directors and you know for a content marketing role like it was so bizarre to me like it was so intense it was like the rounds of the apprentice like it was so bizarre and again red flag but because I was unemployed I was like well I need something I you know I just I don't care if I maybe love it right now like I just I do need something I need to be able to live and yeah when I got in it I was like torn between again I should be grateful because you know I can pay my bills again and I can do the things I want but also this job isn't what I thought it was going to be and I'm not happy here you know it wasn't as bad but also it was just like very boring like I wasn't challenged I felt lonely um and that was the job that I would eat in my car yeah just thinking back to that just seems so long ago because now I'm very much like I am only working with people or with brands or whoever if it's like you have to be the perfect fit like you have to align with me as much as I align with you and it's very much more mutual whereas before I just oh I'm just lucky I've got an interview I just lucky I've got hired and 
that that mindset just stinks it's this lucky <laughs> it's this lucky mindset it's this take what you can get mindset yeah that often gets people in trouble and I love that piece of advice and I used to also really say that when I was career coaching and say make sure that you interview them go with questions yeah. but not just to impress them also to understand try and understand if the culture is a fit for you because it might not be. yeah but yeah this lucky piece I think plays a big part in why people stay not you know dismissing yeah. the fact that people do have bills to pay and responsibilities mm-hmm. and not everyone can just up and leave their job and I really want to mm-hmm. emphasize that because we're really not sitting here saying get up Mm -hmm. and leave we're just trying to provide a platform for people to understand a safe space to understand that other people feel this way and that are coping mechanisms to deal with it but the lucky piece comes from society right because I remember this particular job that I started and I knew after a month that I wanted to leave what did everyone say when I told them give it six months give it yeah give it a year Give it some yeah. more time. You need to get, but I'm like, but I know. Yeah. But I know it's not good. I know it's not going to get better. I know that it's yeah. not going to get better. My, unless my boss leaves, which wasn't not even any possibility that was going to happen, yeah. or gets a personality transplant, or maybe does a management course, who knows? Nothing is going to change for me. And I don't like it here. But people just say it to you. They say, just give it another shot. You, you're yeah. new there. You may, maybe you're wrong. Maybe first impressions are bad. And I'm sorry, but... I don't I don't agree with that I don't I don't think that's a justification to stay I don't agree with it at all I really um the string of jobs that I had every time I'd kind of I think that's why I built a lot of shame and embarrassment because I felt like it kind of became like a running joke like oh another job again Karina like another one what is it this time and just kind of that kind of side of it made me think oh gosh, it's me and I'm just really picky and I'm not going to be happy anywhere and I have high expectations and, you know, all these things that just kind of put it all on myself because it goes against what everyone else is doing. But now I look back and I'm just like, I'm glad I did all those things. I'm so glad like I didn't settle and I'm so glad I just kind of spoke about it more because, yeah, like we said, like I just felt completely alone thinking, it's definitely me and no one's talking about this so they must be fine and it's not true yeah and that's why it is so important to find those people who are speaking about it and to not just let it fester and not just tell your close friends and family who usually aren't coming at you with a uh, objective opinion it's always subjective and exactly I experienced the same thing that oh here we go again yeah so I'd want to just maybe switch to a more positive note and just say something that Listen, I'm a coach, so most people reach out to me because they don't like their job. So I do spend my days discussing things like this. However, I think something that I, it took a while to realize that people can like their jobs. And I'm not just talking about the fact that I love being a coach uh, and that you found your amazing career and that you love it as well. It's more that there are people that out there who are employed in companies who treat their staff well and it is a possibility and I have friends who work in companies who genuinely like it and and I think that for me it's like oh that exists that can happen so I just do want to say that that even though we're here discussing not liking your job it's that again that shift to don't give up because you will find something whether that means going to work for yourself and setting something up or finding a better employer they exist they do they yeah. definitely exist and and yeah. I, I have to say I was I was lucky the the last job I had I, I left that job after four months and went straight into another job and to be fair it I really took a step back took a half pay cut and I did it because I just again like I just need a job I don't want to be unemployed mm-hmm. and I really agreed with their I love the industry it was education and and it was a startup and I'd heard really good things about the culture and you know what it wasn't the best fit for the role but the company was so nice I couldn't believe it I was shocked I went in and I'm like what people actually want to be in the office people are really friendly that founders actually care about our feelings and our mental health (laughs) and it was the weirdest thing because it was like I've been in this bubble my whole 20s up until the age of 30 two when I got this job that I was like no 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 that's it just bad management exists in every company and it doesn't and it was really nice I stayed there for a year and actually I have to say ups and downs as always and different management styles and it wasn't necessarily you know all roses but it was a really big refresher to be around 
people who actually like where they are. So that was nice, something yeah. positive. It's so funny you say that because the very last job before I went self-employed, I think going through those bad jobs made me really realize what I do want, like horrible way to realize it, but it did make me realize like, okay, this is what I'm looking for. And this is what I want from a job. And this is the flexibility I need. And this is, it kind of made me go into the interview a lot more like assertive and confident of, am I a good fit for you? And are you a good fit for me? And the last job I was in, I loved it. I did. I had, you know, I had that flexibility. It was a smaller company, but like everyone was so lovely. I remember enjoying kind of going to work and kind of getting to have those chats. And yeah, sadly, I was made redundant from the last February. But I just remember being like, there are good workplaces. And I found one. And it was so nice to end on like, although a bit of a sour note on redundancy, that I got to experience that. So yeah, there are. <laughs> there are good workplaces. Can, can we just take a moment to establish that we literally have lived parallel career lives. It's actually bizarre. Yeah. Because <laughs> I also had like three really toxic jobs or three kind of not good jobs where I really moved around and I didn't stay very long and anywhere. Yeah. And then the last job that I had was the same thing. Like, it wasn't That's necessarily crazy. dreamable, but the people were lovely. And I was like, oh, this is a nice environment. Yeah. And then it got made redundant yeah. <laughs> because of COVID. But yours was actually, yeah. was it, I'm not sure if it was because of that, because mine was like no, it was, so it was Yeah, it was just before. And then obviously by the time I went, I was like, right, now it's time to go self-employed. And then COVID happened. Yeah. It's like, give me a break. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So I also, you know, the same thing happened. It was, I mean, I got made redundant because they were just cutting my team because of COVID and the situation mm. and the investment and everything. And it just, the same way as probably happened with you, it just pushed me, gave me that push to go all yeah. in on my coaching yeah. and all in on my it business. It's now or never. Exactly, now or never. Um, so funny, we've literally had yeah, just parallel career stories. So in terms of what to do when you don't like your job, so we've already said, you know, know your worth and mm -hmm. just get to the point where you can admit and say out loud I don't like my job and that's okay what other advice would you give for somebody who's in this space right now where they aren't enjoying their job whether it be just the role or the place or all of the different reasons that we know can happen and they want to leave but they feel like they can't yeah I would say starting with just kind of really start exploring yourself and the things that you like to do that sounds quite cheesy but it's so true I just feel like you have to start you have to really start like curating your life outside of work because it can feel so consuming that you really just have to make even more of an effort to explore and curate your life outside of it so for me that was just putting myself out my comfort zone a bit and going to networking events, meeting new people. And you can come off, obviously, in times like this now, they're going to be online, but there's still so many things out there and places where you can connect with communities and introduce yourself. You never know what opportunities can come your way or who is saying your name behind closed doors to put you forward for something. I think just putting yourself out there for me, really exploring my blog and how I wanted to take that forward um, that was my side hustle whether I see a lot of businesses at the moment just um, especially in COVID now they've had more time just really kind of doing more like handmade stuff small company I, and I love it like everyone's just kind of doing more of what they love and I feel like that's how it should be yeah. um, do more of what you love and that's you know if you don't know what that is explore I started dance class um, you know writing networking all those things just to kind of really take my mind off of the situation I was in at work and it was then that I started to feel like okay I'm really enjoying this this could be something keep I'm going to keep going I'm going to keep doing this and it got to the point where in where I started my blog in my first job and I remember my manager telling me like in my review like you're doing a really good job like you're doing all the work right but I've noticed like you're doing your blog a lot more and like you're not going like above and beyond like in my country and I just remember kind of like laughing on the inside just kind of like okay well you're not paying me <laughs> to go above and beyond and also I'm still doing my job well it's because I'm not giving that extra 50% I'm putting it into me and I'm not going to feel guilty for that because that's how places can make you feel like you need to give everything 
and if you're not being treated in that way like you don't you really don't focus on you and what you want to do and you'll soon kind of break free from that yeah it's such an important <laughs> consuming point. it's really really important point of accepting that what you're doing is in the meantime okay yeah. so you don't like your job and then I have a lot of clients who come to me and they really panic that in what I call that I don't know like, I don't know what to do next and I think yeah. the first stage is to hello really just, that was me yeah it's <laughs> honestly there's so many people I mean I've been there obviously as well but it's that point where you're like oh I don't know what to do and I need to I need to decide and sometimes you can live in that I don't know and also take the steps like you said explore network yeah. find the community find start writing start doing something that you love but I think I put this actually in the biggest lessons that I learned in 2020. I did a, a podcast episode on it and I said that sometimes just the meantime, that little yeah. the buffer period of not knowing, is actually a good place to be and to yeah. take the pressure off. So we speak about this a lot, mm -hmm. right? Just how yeah. sometimes it's so hard to operate under pressure. Once you take the pressure off needing to know, mm -hmm. you take the pressure off needing to make a change right this minute or right this month, and having to hand notice in right now, you can actually start to operate more from a free place of exploration and research and opening yourself up to more opportunities and not being in that pressure cooker. Because when you're in the pressure cooker, that's when we make bad decisions, right? That's yeah. probably when you've gone for a yeah. job that wasn't a good fit. I know mm -hmm. the same for me. And it's just accepting that we don't need right this second to know exactly how everything's going to pan out. And one thing I've really noticed is that people think that somewhere locked away in a box with a padlock and a key is the perfect job. They honestly yeah. think this. They think, yeah. I just need to find it. It, what yeah. is it? And it is locked mm -hmm. away and, and they're trying to find the key and they're desperately trying to find it and it becomes so graspy, but actually the key doesn't exist and the perfect yeah. job doesn't exist because it is trial and error. And I think that the more you can just do things that are in alignment with what you actually love exactly like yeah. what happened to you right you love writing and yeah uh, that blog just became such a, a comfort for you such a security for you just to even have it before it even became something so big yeah but once you start just doing things that you love then you can just go towards the place of finding the next thing without having to run towards this locked box that yeah. doesn't exist anyway yeah and it builds it does build your confidence when I had that it really did it made me realize my skills what I'm good at um what I'd like to do more of and yeah just kind of opened my eyes instead of really like focusing on like all of the negative things and all the stuff that was bringing me down and all the stuff I hated it just yeah completely changed my perspective in that way and, and how do you think coaching helped you with this at the time or did it help yes obviously I'm biased because obviously like Emma you've just been an absolute angel working with because I feel like you've literally been on the journey from so long ago the person I was then and the person I am now I think really working on my mindset because in my head I only knew the negative I only knew this is going to be forever and this is it's always going to be this way nothing's ever going to change it's me and just kind of but not doing anything about it and it wasn't till kind of like I shifted my perspective and was like oh god I, I'm so lonely I, I spend lunch times on my own and then kind of realizing when I was working with you like I started spending my lunch times working on my blog because I enjoyed it and then you know I'd go and take a break and I'd write down all of my ideas or I'd go write a blog post you know and my iPhone notes and just all of these things for my business that I wasn't doing before and it just completely changed my mindset to like okay now I have a goal of like how what I want to be doing and this is how I'm going to do it this is how I can leave and it kind of it made me a lot more positive knowing that okay this isn't forever and I like I actually am grateful because it's giving me the time that I need to work on my other stuff my side hustle yeah just completely reframed yeah I think it's amazing as well that you speak so openly about uh, being coached and reaching out for support yeah. uh, on your platforms because there is a taboo more specifically I think in the UK which is where most of our audience yeah. is anyway but there is a taboo about reaching out for help and saying yeah. or admitting it's like that stage that I was talking about before saying oh I don't like my job and there is something in it where people feel ashamed or embarrassed 
to come yeah. out and then actually reach out to somebody and say, you know what, I'm not happy where I am now. I would love support yeah. and accountability yeah. to go to that next place, which obviously you did and now you're speaking out about it. But to anyone listening, you know, if you do need support, that's okay. That's the reason why people like me run the business yeah. that I run. And that's, yeah. it's relevant. And know that there are so many people who feel the same way and it's okay to need support. In fact, it's more yeah. than okay. It's completely acceptable and yeah. it can be the best step you ever take whether you you know I'm not talking specifically about reaching out to me but just reaching out to somebody somebody objective somebody impartial who can give you yeah. that advice be the mirror to you and help you see okay you do not have to stay where you are and I always remember from our first podcast recording that you said to me like I'm not a tree <laughs> yeah I don't have to stay like, still and I always think of that all the time I think I yeah. use that I use that with clients <laughs> when they come to me and say I can't leave and I can't leave and I say you're not a tree yeah. Karina says yeah you're not a tree. <laughs> it's so true like I think one accepting like yeah it's okay to ask for help like it doesn't make you weak I knew personally that you know, my mental health was at a very low point and I couldn't do it on my own. And that's okay because you can't think clearly. And having someone, like you said, come in with a lot of clearer vision to kind of show you the options in that sense was just like mind blowing. Like, you know, I could spend so much money on takeaways and clothes and all these things. And I was just like, how about we just invest that in your mental health because it's taking a bit of a battering over the however many years and these situations that you've been in so how about we do something for you me and do something that's going to help me and yeah it has a hundred times over um and kind of knowing what I want what I deserve believing in myself like building up my self-esteem massively you know when you're in these toxic workplaces you feel like you deserve it or like that's just how it is and it just kind of opened my eyes up to know that like you know what it's not good for me I just you know I don't want that this is what I want and just give me that confidence to go for what I want which I just want to I wish I could like zap into everyone or anyone feeling that way yeah me too and I think that's why we both feel so strongly yeah because we've been through it before yeah I actually think the thing that holds people back the most, let's be honest about it, right? The thing that holds people back the most from A, quitting their job mm-hmm. when they don't know what they want to do or that especially when you're on a really good salary and you have a good benefits mm-hmm. package or whatever, the thing that holds you back from quitting that and also from investing in somebody to help you is fear of money, right? Fear of investing yeah. money. Mm-hmm. And the reason I love your story so much is that you weren't afraid to quit and to leave and to find the next thing and to keep going and be you were persistent and you're you know in building what you've built today and you you invested in yourself yeah you said okay I'm going to do I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and try and find the right thing and get support with that and actually even though it's almost like you have to lose money to get to yeah. that place you just get it back yeah. and when you yeah. think about your business in the past year and how yeah how great you're doing and how how successful you are now in terms of you know you don't necessarily have that huge security that you had when you were an employer especially in your first job and you worked there five six years you have put your money where your mouth is and built mm. up to where you are now because you're finally doing something you love and I always say that to people I'm not a business coach so if you invest in my coaching I can't say to you your return on investment is going to be x (laughs) amount of money but I can actually with full confidence say you will eventually make it back because as soon as you start doing what you love it might be in a year it might be two three years Mm -hmm. who knows how long it will take but you'll make it back in happiness and you'll also make it back because usually when you do something you like or you find a job that you like you get rewarded uh, yeah. from it financially and I just I'm a huge believer in it and maybe it's a little bit woo of the whole like kind of you know <laughs> it will come to you it will come to you but I choose to believe that and I think it's really true yeah yeah 100% agree with you yeah I think that we have had an amazing conversation is there anything else that you want to say to somebody who doesn't like their job really therapeutic I'm just trying to I think that was all the tips that I kind of had to say in terms of a side hustle and kind of finding your community and networking, all those things that kind of help you make a plan 
they lead on to a plan to help you leave eventually. And I think just knowing that you aren't alone if this is your situation at the moment. And I think just knowing that is really comforting. Like it's, it would have been so comforting to me, like, oh my gosh, it's not me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I feel like I wish that I would have discovered you and and your blog when I was going through it. So actually, I want to just end by asking you to share where people can find you and also read your blog, which again, just as I mentioned, you have specific uh, blog posts about leaving a toxic environment and also about life coaching. So uh, where can our listeners find you? Yeah, so you can find me at thestyleidealist.com and my Instagram is at styleidealist. Um, So I've written about literally the day I quit my job. No, the day after I just put pen to paper and just kind of wrote how I was feeling. And it's still to this day, like one of my most read blog posts. And that was when I realized that so many people are going through the same thing. And this was in 2018, I published that post. And since then, um, yeah, I've just kind of blogged my journey from leaving that job and starting my side hustle and working with you, Emma, and the things that I've learned about myself. So yeah, I really recommend going to have a read. Amazing. And I also recommend for anybody who's interested in these topics or just loves hearing about things that are authentic and real to follow Karina on Instagram because honestly your page gives me a lot of joy (laughs) and of course also my Instagram I'm speaking a lot about all of these topics you are meme queen yeah (laughs) you are meme queen you're great (laughs) so good I love that title I don't think I'm a meme queen I'll say I'm a princess in learning we'll see I have a a good one I have a good good. one for next week so watch out for that I can't wait I can't wait (laughs) but anyway thank you so much for coming back Karina and I know you'll be coming back for a part three yeah probably something job related yes thank you so much all right guys thank you so much and I'll see everyone on the podcast next week. Bye.